3: Four, three, two, one, welcome world to Atwood Unleashed, episode 91, co-hosted by Stephen Knight, and we have got a four and a quarter hour show for you this evening, with some blockbuster guests coming on right away at six o'clock after we shoot the shit a little bit on the latest headline news. If you're wondering who those headline guests are, Ryan D. Yes. Everyone's been saying for ages, get Ryan Dawson back on, get Ryan Dawson back on. And he is coming back a six. It's his 11th appearance. <laughs> Jay Diet is back. And Maria Z. You remember Jay Dyer from the recent roundtables about Klaus Schwab. We're we're hitting Klaus Schwab again and the WEF. But this is Maria Z's first time on the show. Founder of Z Media, Z with three Es, which has quickly evolved into one of the most trusted, uncensored sources of information in Australia. And then Stephen is kicking off the Patreon section with Mark Goba. Over to you, Stephen.
4: Yeah, Mark Gober, first first guest on the Patreon section. Uh, Mark is the author of An End to Upside-Down Thinking. That's one hell of a title, uh, which won the IPPY Award for Best Science Fiction Book of the Year. He's also the author of An End to the Up-Down Reset, where he takes a deep dive into, you guessed it, the World Economic Forum's Vision for Globalization 4.0. Uh, and then I'm up again from 9.10 to 9.40. AP uh, AP Latin America correspondent Joshua Goodman will be joining us from Miami. Uh, Joshua's reporting on uh, Jose... Irizari, i hope i'm saying that right refers to the former dea agent uh as the most corrupt agent in the u.s drug enforcement administration history uh jose conspired with colombian cartels to build a lavish lifestyle of expensive sports cars tiffany jewels and paramours around the world uh i think i'm up again aren't i sean so uh <laughs> you are 9, you're 10 on the roll we'll no just uh residency. Uh, The last guest of the evening will be uh, Philip Zwirling, who is an associate professor of creative writing and director for creative writing program at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. Uh, He's also the author of three books, but the main topic of conversation tonight will be his edited book, The CIA on Campus, Academic Freedom and the National Security State. A lot to to pick out there. Uh, And this will focus on whether the CIA have Agent provocateurs in college campuses today.
3: <laughs> and if you have not yet subscribed to Stephen Knight's channel, please go and click in the description box below this video. He's got a fair few followers at Twitter and he also has a stub sack. So go down and, and check that out. And we're going to discuss the news stories of the week. So it's been a spooky week for UFO shootdowns. And if you believe, that the government wants us to be stressed out in a new fashion so they can exert more control and laws over us. You are an extremist. Let's look at what the mainstream media reported on this. <laughs> Prepare for wave of extraterrestrial sightings in the UK, say UFO experts. Woo! Unknown <laughs> origins of three or four flying objects shot down over North America renews interest in contact with alien life forms. spotted over the U.S. and Canada was a stir amongst ufologists. Forums lit up with theories about the origins and purpose of the floating entities. Were they sent by intelligent life forms from outer space or was there an explanation closer to home? The
2: CIA? Now experts
3: have (laughs) said the U.K. could be about to see a wave of sightings in its skies too. (laughs) MI5, MI6. Thanks to this renewed interest in extraterrestrial contact, four flying objects of vastly different shapes and sizes have been shot down by U.S. authorities in less than two weeks. And while one is confirmed to be a Chinese balloon, probably manufactured in America, authorities are in the dark on the other three. Until analysis is done on the recovered pieces, the U.S. Air Force General tasked with safeguarding U.S. airspace, Glenn Van Huck, so the military would be unable to identify what the three most recent objects were, how they stayed aloft, or where they had come from. How convenient. It's going to be a mystery, and we're all going to blow it out of proportions in our minds and run to the government to save us. Asked whether he had ruled out extraterrestrials, man Herc said, I'll let the intel community and the counterintelligence community figure that one out. I haven't ruled anything out. Joe Gongley, one of the UK's foremost amateur UFO researchers an authority on apparent sightings on that side of Atlantic, said the story provoked a reaction on UFO socials in the UK, with many inclined to believe something otherworldly is going on. Ooh. There's a spectrum of belief, if you like, from people with thoughts similar to my own to people who think that there is a wave of aliens coming in. <laughs> right, we've got to stop here and do a poll. Put a one in the chat if you believe a wave of aliens is coming in. Put a two in the chat if you believe we are being spooked by the mainstream media and the partners in big corporations and the government to shit ourselves so that they will come in as saviors and push whatever agenda they've got for us next upon us. And put a three if you don't believe in either of those. Where, where do you stand on this, Stephen?
4: I would love to say it's aliens, but I'm not convinced. I think it's a combination of Chinese Communist Party shenanigans mixed with American government panic. So I think, you know, when the Chinese Communist Party say this is an innocent uh, weather balloon or whatever it was, don't take that on face value. There's obviously something dodgy going on there. And I think the Americans were right to shoot it down. But I think this has led to a, a bit of panic now where anything floating in the sky is seen as a potential threat and we're seeing a bit of an over correction so that we're going to have a lot of really annoyed people in the next few months who have had their bits of equipment shot down that were legitimate um so and i think it will start to happen in the uk we'll hear reports of things in the sky now people constantly questioning things uh, what is that is it the chinese uh so i think it's, it's similar to when there's an active shooter isn't there we uh, early reports suggested six or seven more shooters and it turns out that's not the case so yeah
3: yeah Nearly all twos on that one. I think we did have one one. And good to see that the viewers are skeptical. Gongly, gongle brain said, I don't doubt extraterrestrial life exists. I think statistically there's a very high probability that it does. But I do doubt very much that it's actually visiting Earth. All right. Next story. I think
4: the I think the important point is aliens aren't visiting the Earth in balloons, are they? That's <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That's a logistical issue right there in terms of technological advancement, surely.
3: North Korea's nuclear weapon capability has long been a source of pride for the country, with estimates by analysts suggesting that it has 40 to 50 warheads in its arsenal. This is a country that can't even turn its electricity on at night. Much like its neighbour to the north, the country uses grand military prey to show off its weaponry to the world with lines of tanks, missiles, and submarine tech greeted with domestic applause. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a poorest, one of the poorest countries in the world and you live in modern times where the superpowers of the Western world typically love making billions of dollars and pounds bombing the poorest countries in the world, you're probably going to try and put on a parade and show off your nuclear warheads as a some kind of deterrent to the bully on the schoolyard. I'm not backing North Korea here. You know, it's an absolute tyrannical regime where people... <laughs> I've watched these document films, read books about people who've escaped, tortured, um, harrowing stuff that goes on over there. But these are the regimes that America loves to bomb the crap out of and kill hundreds of thousands of women and kids and call it collateral damage. Um, any thoughts on North Korea? Stephen?
4: I don't. I think they like to rattle the sabre. Like, I, I do think their um, notoriety is proportional to the amount of attention we give them. We, we get distracted very easily in the media cycle. So I don't know if you remember, but leading up until the emergence of the Islamic State, for example... It was weekly news headlines and satellite images of the North Koreans doing missile tests, you know, minute by minute plays of they're taking the missile out onto the beach. They're bringing it back. They're moving it here. They're moving it there. And then once a bigger story broke, like the emergence of the Islamic State, we suddenly forgot about North Korea as a potential threat. Now things have calmed down a little bit in the news cycle. We're we're, we're paying more attention to them. So I don't think they've got a death wish. I don't think they're going to launch a nuke. But uh, we'll see. I do believe in mutually assured destruction to a degree, depending on who Mm -hmm. is in possession of the nukes. And he seems like, although a tyrant, uh, a nationalist who doesn't want to die.
3: Nicola Sturgeon shocked British politics by announcing her resignation as SNP leader and Scotland's first minister, but denied she was quitting over her controversial gender reforms. But they were celebrating in Scotland when that happened. Who's this Nicola woman?
4: It's crazy because in a conference today, she stepped aside and she's essentially said nothing that's happened in the recent weeks have contributed to her decision. She could still win the election. She's still popular and she could still do the job, but she's stepping down anyways. It's a very strange thing. It seems like a lot of face saving, but I suppose long story short, she got embroiled in a very public controversy about where to house biologically male offenders. And I'm, I'm aware of what we can and can't say it on YouTube, but this Male offender in particular was uh, charged and arrested, you know, convicted of the most horrendous crime you can com- commit against women. Uh, then this male offender decided to then identify as a woman, and that started some huge debate about whether this person should be in the male prison or, or the female prison. This person's biologically male, completely intact biologically, and carried out some of the most horrendous crimes against women possible. And the fact that even became a mainstream debate and the fact that Nicola Sturgeon wasn't able to say categorically whether this heinous criminal was a man or a woman uh, publicly really made voters think if we can't trust her to get something as basic as this right, what? why should we trust her with anything else? Now, regardless of her saving face antics, I do think this was the last nailing the coffin. I think this is the straw that broke the camel's back for sure. I've spent a lot of time in Edinburgh, uh, outside Parliament uh, in Scotland, listening to women, feminist activists, uh, demonstrating against the Gender Recognition Act. And these are people with perfectly logical, compassionate concerns, no hatred in the heart, uh, just wanted to hold her to account. And it appears that's finally happened.
3: Well said, and thank you, Stephen. We're going to see you at 8.10, and I'm going to bring in Ryan Dawson next. So cheers, my friend. See you soon. See you soon. Here we go. It's one of our heaviest hitters in the history of the channel. (laughs) Ryan Dawson is joining us from the Pacific. He stays up all night. He's, you know, he's so dedicated to the mission of exposing these NWO scum. And he's going to do some of that tonight with us. For a considerable amount of time, we're hoping, because we've got tons of questions for him. We've got our, a round table. We've got other people coming in. And a huge thank you, Ryan, for coming on. Can you
0: just tell the viewers hey, where yeah. they can
3: find you and support you first, my friend?
0: For the, for the first time ever, I've been on this show, I think, 12 or 13 times. I've usually been banned on everything, but... Since Elon Musk took over Twitter last month, I got a Twitter back. So I, I actually have something to say We you say, hey, can you follow me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's my uh... handles at Rye Liberty on Twitter. So that's where people can follow me there and, Man, I've been trying to get the news out. I'm not going to get in trouble, you said. It's a heavy hitter, and I know I'm heavy enough to get people banned. But there was a particular client list going around that I've had available since 2019. So people might want to get there and see because it's literally been mapped out everything that particular person was doing with other people. And that's all I can say because it's on YouTube, and we have to be safe. But that lets you know. We've already lost the channel twice twice over this
3: content, so if you want a direct line to that content, go in the description box, check out Ryan's links, and please support his important work. And for the first time ever on the channel, I'm so looking forward to speaking to Maria Z. How are you doing, Maria?
1: Doing very well. Thank you, Sean. It's an honor to be here.
3: Oh, thanks for coming on. And can you just tell the viewers a little bit about you and your mission, please?
1: Yes, absolutely. Z-Media started in the height of the lockdowns here in Australia. It quickly grew into the largest independent media and subsequently the most censored independent media in our country. And since then, we have just been broadcasting all over the world, interviewing doctors, experts, uh, scientists on the subject of C-19 but also uh, just exposing the New World Order from the testing ground of Australia. And it is the testing ground, and we can get into that at any time. But that's the essence of what I do. And, uh, you know, Australians have been put under such tyrannical reign over the past three years. It's absolutely unbelievable. Had they been able to get away with more here, they would have. And I think that it's so crucial for people to know what is still happening in our country because we are the testing ground.
3: Appreciate that, Maria. And we're going to bring in our next heavy hitter for the panel, who's been on quite a lot with us recently. Jay Dyer, thanks for joining us, man. Can you just remind the viewers where they can support you?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. I run my own website. I have a YouTube channel and all that. And I'm also the world's first uh, Klaus Schwab impersonator. As you can see, that's me wearing a bald cap uh dressed up like i can't
0: <laughs> i can't say what it
2: was but it's going to be a big big production
0: uh, that we were filming all week so anyway
2: uh that's what i've been up to and then um yeah so i do geopolitical geopolitical analysis movie analysis symbolism breakdown uh we do weird comedy sketches we do debates we do all kinds of stuff
3: all right appreciate that jay so we're going to go round in a clockwise fashion with the points of discussion and questions from the viewers Ash is collating the questions. So if you do have any questions for the panel or individual panelists, please put them in the chat, wherever you're watching this, and we will get around to them. And we're going to start with Ryan on his thoughts about Klaus Schwab and the WEF, because we've not had any thoughts
0: of him about that yet. Well, you you can guess mine are pretty similar to all the guests you've had on. Nobody likes the WEF, although I I feel like they're – their high point has gone, it's past. They're on the decline for sure. Like the last meeting, it's just really, it's uh, some Europeans, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the big hitters won't even pay attention to them anymore. Nobody from India is really there. Nobody from China is really there. Russia's not there. Even the Americans are just giving them lip service. Um, they're begging now. They went from, you'll do it and you'll love it and you'll eat the bugs to if we don't do this, if we don't do this catastrophe, Their PR is in the toilet. Uh, Klaus Schwab, you couldn't have a more unlovable Nosferatu up there as the face of the organization. Uh, They're basically begging people now. And, you know, some of the attendees, like uh, Bill Gates, who's also on this map, uh, they don't have the best PR record going through. And then with the uh, Zoink19 propaganda taking a nosedive, uh, every day, people learning more and more about how bad that was. They don't have any credibility anymore. And I've always seen that organization as sort of a mid-tier player, not a top of the pyramid, as some people seem to think. It's in the 90s, uh, the left was all against the WTO and now the right's all against the WEF. But the fact that you can do shows and talk about them, unlike certain other groups, uh, shows that that's not who's really in charge. I mean, they're not like an APAC-level organization. They're more of a midwit, and they've got a bad, uh, a bad and, and deservingly bad reputation and very ugly frontman, And, you know, telling people what they can eat and going nuts on climate change, and the rest of it's been very distasteful. And I think there's a huge public distrust in the trust the science type people, uh, who, who are the ones that claim that. And so I see them on a fast decline compared to where they were years ago they used to pull in big hitters not anymore
3: hey thanks for the super chat iva we do have to stay away from that subject matter because i've lost the channel twice over it but if you go to my rumble you will find our band content on my rumble maria can you please elaborate then on klaus schwab and the wf what are your thoughts
1: yeah, I agree with Ryan. I mean, th- just in their last meeting this year at Davos, so many high-profile people pulled out because it is a PR disaster. It's a it's it's political suicide at this point to continue associating publicly with these people. Uh, and they are just a front organization. You know, Klaus Schwab is the perfect, you know, evil villain frontman uh, that that everyone loves to hate. But essentially, they're not the ones in charge. They're just the administrative tool, if you wish, uh, and, and the ones who are pushing the corporate takeover of the world. So it really is a corporate takeover. And if you if you watch perhaps the last 10 years in particular, the way that some of these concepts have crept, uh, crept through private organisations uh, and large corporations, you know, ESG, for example, and um, c- climate change, gender equality, all of these things that they keep pushing, Um, and not that I have a problem with gender equality, I have a problem with continuously elevating women women above men, uh, which is part of the agenda. But, you know, all of these things have been pushed through corporations, and then what happens is that people take these concepts home with them because they spend so much time at work, it it ends up infiltrating every part of their lives because it's drummed into their heads at work. So it really has been a hijacking of the world through everyday brainwashing, if you will, um, and, and it's the brainwashing of the concepts that they want to present as the cover for what they're actually doing. See, ESG isn't about, uh, you know, or, or, or even if we look at something like carbon credits and reducing your carbon, carbon offsets and things like that, these, uh, these are the, the cover virtue signaling uh, concepts that they will present to the world the people that don't do any further digging don't realise that they're actually participating in your future prison. And so it's been very, very well packaged. It's a propaganda marketing campaign from the WEF, but more and more people are starting to realise what that actually is.
3: Well said, Maria. Mm-hmm. Jay, anything to add there?
2: Yeah, I think everybody's pretty much on point here that we know that this is a public version of Bilderberg. It's something that is a little more uh, geared towards media, celebrities, these kinds of people. It was dreamt up by Henry Kissinger in tandem with the CIA as part of the Harvard Research Project to recruit, recruit people to be Uh, you know, in some other kind of public steering committee, um, you know, that's what they do is set up these steering committees, Kissinger and Rockefeller set up the trilateral commission and put Brzezinski in in charge of that. So this is just another one of those. And of course, Klaus has a background in uh, Bilderberg as well. So really, this is just uh, something that they can retool and repurpose, it might morph into something else. Uh, it's, It's not what controls the world. It's just one of the Kind of uh, propaganda outlets that pushes, as Maria said, all of the things that are not good for humanity. So it's you know anti-natalism and it posthumanism. It's uh, retool- retooling everyone's diet for what I think are uh, siege forms of siege or warfare, where you change people's diets to eat the bugs, which is a nutrient deficient diet. You go back to Plato's communistic writings in the Republic, and he says, don't feed the workers meat, feed them grains to keep them kind of fat, dumb and, and docile. So that's what this represents is another instantiation of a kind of a technocratic a socialist order. And this is just one of those things that's, uh, you know, kind of a, a public face, but <clears throat> they can retool it, repurpose. It. it can be some other thing they can morph into.
3: Thanks, just let the viewers know, we're just going over some of the basics before we get much deeper into transhumanism, AI, etc. Uh, another one of the basics, then, is the Great Reset. Ryan, um, you know, we hear this cliche bandied about a lot. Thoughts on the Great Reset? <clears throat>
0: it's not going to happen. Like, <clears throat> that ship has sailed. They made a huge mistake <clears throat> to build on, like what Jay was saying, with groups like like Bilderberg. for They used to operate in secret, Club of Rome and all these groups. Um, not Trilateral Commission or CFR. Those are steering committees in the public. But they were so arrogant. That they decided to say some of the things they usually said behind closed doors, you know, just drug them up and let them play games, got out, and so that has just tanked their PR and credibility. They made this hubris mistake, but uh, as Z was saying, this is a front organization, and the thumb of the players behind it, Black Rock and Vanguard, I would akin them to like a modern East India team. Every day, we rise as big or bigger than many states uh and these two well they act as holding companies to move other people's money around so guys like larry fink are much more powerful than klaus schwab right it's the front person they need a new front person although i do enjoy them on their (laughs) smashing their decline and being so arrogant and stupid they can't really um rewind this or reel it back in though I feel like they've been exposed, and they need a complete rebranding if they're going to be able to get a great reset. the The real reset's not going to be organized the way they had hoped. The real reset's mm-hmm. going to be the problem that they've created from this war uh, against Ukraine and the shortages on uh, fertilizer and grain that are coming as from this war, as well as all the trillions they spent on ZOINK nineteen in different forms of welfare expanding the money supply that's having mass inflation and it's going to hit the global south first and that that's where the real problem you've seen like places like sri lanka and others already having a complete collapse a lot more going to be teetering next winter not this winter it's going to be bad it's going to be really bad for europe we're going to have high prices but they're not going to have shortages but next year you're going to have shortages but that's not exactly what they were aiming at you're going to have a disarray you're going to have a, a huge... NATO's also on the decline. Like They've really overplayed their hand with Russia, and uh, they just don't have a way out.
3: Thanks, Ryan. Maria, what's your interpretation of the Great Reset?
1: Well, I think uh, in some ways I agree with Ryan, but if we're looking at the fact that the WEF is just the front organisation for what the globalists are actually trying to achieve, uh, the, the the puppet masters, if you will uh as ryan said they need a rebranding if they want to succeed never in the history of the world have they come this far in their desire for a one world government and that's the ultimate goal uh so all of the chess pieces are there but they may just not have played their moves yet uh these people have been studying human behavior for decades these people have been planning this for decades what we're dealing with is a military operation and they have contingency plans based on what the people do for example on the wef website just just as an example they know that throughout their implementation of the great reset i think it's 36 or 38 percent chance of civil unrest you know they've they, they've analyzed each individual uh, uh, people in every country and how they will respond that's why different countries had different tactics um, because they knew how far they could push certain people, you know, Australia are a little bit more compliant. Let's lock them up forever and call it the Melbourne experiment and report on how great that was. That's a real UN document, by the way. Uh, so you know, they if it's not if it's not the WEF, it'll be through other means. And they do have backups. They have backups through the WHO, for example. I mean, we could talk about the international health regulations at any point. This is one of the scariest things that has happened in history they've literally proposed to remove human rights dignity and fundamental freedoms from any future pandemic response so uh, that means we will not consider your human rights dignity or fundamental freedoms that that is how far they've gone now thankfully we're having some pushback on that but what i'm trying to say is there are so many moving pieces so while the wef might fail other organizations may not and so this is why it's so crucial for people to be aware of all of the different moving pieces the most crucial ones that we need to hit and push back against that and continue to raise awareness. So, as Ryan said, that that lack of credibility for all of these organisations will grow and there will be resistance both at the level of the people and middle government before they go and destroy middle government altogether, because that is coming.
3: Your thoughts, Jay? Is this a military operation?
2: Yeah, I think uh, who was it? RFK has covered the fact that RFK Jr. has covered the fact that the DOD and Pentagon were directly involved in a lot of the rollout of this. Uh, what I think Mike Pompeo at one point called a live exercise. I think he kind of slipped up when he said that. So this is rolled out by uh, you know, what we could call the military industrial complex. Absolutely had it had a very big corporate layer and structure to it as well with all the big uh, big pharma entities. But the Great Reset is really uh, you have to understand that in a series of big kind of geopolitical engineered crises. For example, you go back to the Cold War. In my view, that was kind of uh, engineered by the Rand Corporation and a lot of industrialists to set up a managed Manichaean dialectic uh, between East and West, as Brzezinski called it, to eventually achieve a synthesis between Western capitalism and uh, Eastern block uh sovietism communism and that led to the managed and engineered war on t-e-r-r-o-r since we're on youtube you can figure out what that is uh and then and in, in each one of these uh crises we have this sort of amorphous and and more and more abstracted villain that you can never actually identify or touch so by the time, by the time we get to the new crisis which is the post-coof world that is now according to the white papers and according to you know the nato psyops document this kind of stuff they talk about the uh biosecurity so now biosecurity is the the chief threat and that is an invisible amorphous can be anybody you as a biological being walking around you can now become this sort of virus generator right so it's it's now picked out humanity in general as the new weapon and in fact the nato science document that came came out a couple years ago or maybe it was even this year it even says that uh, the target for this whole warfare is not any specific nation state or enemy. It's anyone that ideologically disagrees with this overall agenda. So the Great Reset is that agenda. It is that post human austerity model. You could look at this coming out of a lot of the banking structure and how they will quantify and have actuaries about every area of life that uh, Marizia talked. Marizy talked about uh, when the Great when the when the World Economic Forum put up their Great Reset map. They had a, a, a three tiered layered structure of circles of every area of life being restructured and redone according to automation and technocracy. So that's really what the great reset is about. That's their intention. Now I don't know that this is really going to work. I think that the system is unworkable uh, because it's so unnatural, but that's what the plan is.
3: All right. So we've had a slew of questions come in. I'm just going to put three of them to you guys individually so we can work our way through them. So one is from Paul Morgan, who wants to know about Ryan's research into BlackRock.
0: Can I say that on here or no? I mean, well, it's... is it
3: going to is it going to go back to a certain country? We can't we can't talk about that well, country.
0: If that's... I mean, that's that's what the truth is. So yeah, Our all right, let's out. let's yeah yeah, yeah let's
3: let's uh, let's let's go on to the next one. All right, <laughs> Paul Paul is also asking. Um, who is above Schwab? Who is really in the driving seat?
1: Are you wanting me to answer that, Sean?
3: Yeah, yeah, go on, Maria. You take that one because I think you you did already uh, talk about that one quite a bit. It's Satan. Okay. <laughs> dark, dark energy, forces of dark energy. Absolutely. Well, it was. The, it was the yeah, I thought John McCain Harvard died. <laughs> sorry his, his dark energy lives on though right even if he did die
0: it's kind of every show I get a dig on either McCain or Lincoln so <clears throat> yeah, All right, it so is characters question... like that it's Larry Finks and people like that are, are above board but it, it isn't like a one guy is the king it's more of like a amorphous board of profiteers
3: and are those, are those profiteers you know in, in america and the other country that we can't talk about mostly what about china and russia you know how, how do they play into this are we are the nwo leaders on this side of the world competing against those regions how, how does
0: it all play out well a lot of the ones in russia got thrown out of russia and ended up in ukraine people like ihor Kolonoysky and stuff who was part of the ring with Jean-Luc burnell and that other you know this thing yeah that's how they were trafficking to the country we're not allowed to name those people were thrown out by putin uh and so china is a mess like it, china has its own oligarchs but it's a it's the, you could look up a interview i did with pepe escobar and Boshi Lai and all that the chinese oligarch system is complicated they got plenty of problems but it's there it's a completely separate cartel from the europeans
3: Maria, what are your thoughts then on China and Russia competing against the Western NWO figures?
1: There are two possible things that are occurring here. Either they are playing a role in all of this, which you know is is likely, um, or they there is there are two competing orders, which is also likely. Uh, I have to say that some of the things, the statements that come out of Russia, I I'm in agreement with. You know, the Western world is a a joke in its wokeness uh you know america appears very very weak now with the leader that is apparently in power uh and so you know it's very very possible that opportunists china now are uh you know seeing that weakness and seeing the opportunity to uh to have their competing order with russia but i would argue it's very very um uh, you know, it's a relationship that, that could be volatile at any moment. Uh, China has a desire to become the world's superpower by 2050. That's in their plans. Uh, and for the most part, they've been quite successful in achieving that. You know, they've they completely uh, taken over manufacturing um that you know now with shipping issues and um C19 and everything you know maybe that, that slowed down a little bit but we see things like these so-called spy balloons uh you know that uh, now all of a sudden Australia's pulled back all of our go- government buildings that have um Chinese cameras now are being taken down because it's all of a sudden a security concern it's a huge psyop to make people think that oh you know we're somehow against China when in reality our country is basically owned by the CCP uh so what what role do the CCP actually play here i'm reluctant to think that it's completely on the side of putin because they want to be the dominating superpower and they would turn on putin in a moment um if they could so you know it's 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 difficult to say because everything is um everything is a psyop.
3: Do you think the U.S. would go as far as to ban TikTok, Maria?
1: No. I don't. I don't because the U.S. wants the destruction of its society. The in order for the great uh, the great reset to be successful, which the people above Biden want for the U.S., this is why the borders are open. This is why they're allowing so many people, uh, you know, so many migrants in fentanyl to destroy the lives of so many. Uh, because the plan of the Great Reset is for the US to no longer be the world's superpower, and they need to destroy the US to achieve that. Uh, So I don't know that the US is going to proactively take steps to stop the destruction of their country unless you have people in politics that are starting to stand up to what's going on now if you follow us politics recently the republicans have been doing some great things just as an example they're really pressing hard to hold fauci accountable for what happened in wuhan so uh you know really investigate answers and, and get answers for what's going on that's great these are great signs uh, but unless we have mass pushback on the greater agenda Um, I'm very, very concerned for the United States. And if they fall, the rest of the West will fall with them.
3: What's your thoughts, Jay, on the roles of Russia and China and the Western NWO?
2: Yes, it was uh, Western intelligence that uh, set up the Bolsheviks, as well as uh, other big money uh, individuals that funded Bolshevism and then aided the buildup of Uh, Russia during the Soviet period, particularly, you know, Ford, these kinds of figures. This is detailed in a lot of Anthony Sutton's writing. So uh, if you read the history of Bill Donovan and the OSS, they actually trained Mao's guerrillas. The CIA declassified that some years ago that it was the West that aided a lot of these people. So there's always been a, a backdoor kind of alliance with a lot of these communist dictators and socialists, even during the Cold War period. So um, I, I'm always skeptical to, when I hear that you know oh th- th- you know somebody like China is this is this big uh, bad enemy. I mean many of the global elites Kissinger they've talked for many years about how China needs to step up and become the world leader. It's the model for the future. But we also know that when the Le- when the West puts in or aids dictators, uh, sometimes they kind of get a little uppity and they want to do their own thing. You know the CIA helped put uh, Saddam Hussein in power, and then Saddam kind of wanted to be doing his own thing, and that didn't go well for Saddam. So if you read a book like Miles Copeland's uh, *Game of Nations*, he discusses a lot of this methodology. So, but uh, it's also correct that by the time Putin comes to power, uh, he throws out a lot of those Western oligarchs. Oligarchs like uh, Western oligarchs, like Ryan mentioned, uh, some of them go to Ukraine, some of them go to the UK. They're given a lot of uh, British intelligence helps them come over and give them sort of um, uh, uh, legality and status and, and 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 refugee status, I guess you could say. So there is a lot of complicity there. But um, then in the 90s, Russia's uh, economy was uh, looted by the same uh, Larry Summers, Harvard crew people that destroyed, you know, tried to steal all the the Russian assets and and economy to uh, bring it down. They put in uh, Yeltsin as their agent, their asset. Um, And that's all the same Harvard project, the same Harvard people that were behind the creation of Klaus and, and Davos. Right. Those are all kissinger harvard projects and i think uh i believe dr henry kissinger comes up in that list that ryan has behind him (laughs) i believe believe there's a dr henry in there (laughs) uh if i recall i I did read a a certain black book that had a, a dr k in there anyway uh yeah so i think that uh putin does represent a degree I think the the model that best encapsulates this is organized crime. I'm not saying everybody's an organized crime figure. I'm just saying if you think about the the way that the mo- the mobs work in the different uh, organized crimes figures work work in uh, The Godfather or Godfather Two when they have their meetings, well, I think that there are disagreements, but at times there's alliances. Um, But I do think that Russia symbolically represents certain things like Orthodox Christianity, even though the majority of Russians aren't Orthodox in in terms of church attendance. I understand all that. But there's a symbolic thing going on here, which uh, even figures at NATO have said that whatever represents Orthodox Christianity in Serbia, Romania, Russia, all those places, that needs to be destroyed because it's an ideological uh, barrier to what they eventually want to create. Um, but there's, so there's a lot of things going on, but I don't think that China is a real opposition to it. It's just a different model for how to have a technocratic situation for global governance. The question is, who's going to lead the, the global governance? And to, one last point uh, to back up what Maria was saying. If you remember that 2016 World Economic Forum video that lists the eight points that you're going to see in the next 10 years, one of those was uh the decrease in american status as a superpower america will no longer be a superpower uh you will have uh no meat like <laughs> so they were saying this back in 2016 right you won't be eating meat they even talked about the alien stuff right we might have alien life discovered so i think they're kind of rolling out these various psyops to see which ones work but yeah russia and china i think that uh russia is probably the most anti uh, new world order of those two um, but even Russia has a fifth column uh, at work there for many, many years, <clears throat> different Western NGOs. Uh, I think Carnegie Endowment, these, these different, they have they have a fifth column in Russia that, that constantly works to try to undermine Russia as well. So uh, who, it remains to, to be seen, I guess, where that's going to go.
3: Thanks, Jay. All right, we're going to go over to AI, the metaverse, transhumanism. What are, is the role of all this stuff in the globalist agenda? Klaus Schwab said, those who master these technologies will be the master of the world. What is how high tech is this going to get, Ryan?
0: <laughs> master means control and corrupt. That's what that means. <laughs> By the way, there's no aliens. It's uh, UFO just means unidentified flying object. It is very much terrestrial. The chances of life, intelligent life, happening again anywhere near us are very close to zero. And this is just a big freak. It, it, we're really at the circus level of look at the balloon, look at the balloon. Right. They got caught with the Nord Stream Line, which is an active order on Germany and Russia, technically a NATO ally. And they just started pointing up at this guy and saying, look, balloons, China, be afraid of China. You don't need to be afraid of China. China has ghost cities. They have so many problems. They can't have a protracted war. But they use the fear of that of saying this is why we all have to unite because of this. Look at all these people that live over there. And oh, look, they're all going to industrialize. And that's why you have to have austerity and reduce your carbon footprint. and da, 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 da. But uh, I see more breaking away, not only with Russia, but Hungary, Serbia, even South Korea, like a lot of these states have had it. And even the southern half of the United States, I mean, they didn't go along with ZOINK 19 From Florida to Tennessee, they said, "Eh eh-eh. And that's that's been a constant thing throughout history. The southern people have have been the greatest resistance to the Yankees uh, throughout time. And that division is just getting wider and wider, but getting more on our team. But yeah, the alien stuff. It is as it's ridiculous, but if you look on Twitter or any of these low brow, low IQ uh, atmospheres, and there are so many people that are taking the bait on that, it's incredible. And they are out to destroy religion and replace it with consumerism. That's the, the real religion of the West at this point is uh, gaining status through purchases. It's pretty sad.
3: <clears throat> okay, Maria. What are your thoughts on the role of technology, AI, the metaverse in the globalist agenda?
1: Well, it's it, it's quite complex because not only, and and Jake Jay speaks really well on this plan to sort of coat the world in nanotechnology. I'm sure he'll explain it better than I do. But basically, the idea is to make people so miserable on earth this is their idea i'm not saying they'll succeed in it but their vision is to make people so miserable that they will uh end up plugging into this false reality in the metaverse um and and that will become normal life see we're already kind of in the metaverse we already are attached to our phones all the time now people that are are doing this for research purposes, maybe not as much so, but to Ryan's point, you know, how many people are just so immersed in this virtual life? You know, they can't go to a dinner or a holiday without posting every part of it and trying to convince the world of how happy they are, needing to upload those happy moments onto the internet uh, rather than just enjoying them in real life. And that's what I mean when I say we're kind of already in the metaverse. They've been conditioning us for such a long time through social media. But it goes far beyond that. You see, it, it goes to the point where, They want you to no longer be human. And that's what the recommended medication of the past two years was actually about. I have to be cautious here because we are on YouTube, but if you dig deeper as to what is actually in this recommended medication and what it's actually achieving, we're talking about things like nanotechnology forming uh, and changing the very essence of what it means to be human. Schwab said some time ago, that we would be editing the genes. It was a, it was a huge, uh, you know, ethical topic. Um, Yuval Noah Harari, lead advisor to Schwab, says that humans are now hackable animals. We've now got surveillance under the skin. We can now do what dictators of the past only dreamed of, which is to manipulate and control human beings Remotely, uh, you look at something like Bill Gates' patent 060606, where your biometric data will be sent to this AI supercomputer. And you'll be mining crypto through your good behavior essentially is what that patent reads. So uh, how are you going to do that unless you have nanotechnology inside of your body? Well, one delivery system was the recommended medication. That is the reason they created the entire pandemic. Uh, the other thing is what they're spraying in the skies, putting in food, putting in our water supply and more and more is being revealed on that. So, apart from the fact that they've been socially conditioning us towards this false reality for some time, they've now started to to infect our bodies with the technology that's going to eventually lead to the Internet of Bodies um, where we are synced with AI, essentially. Walking cyborgs is what they want. And they openly say, or an organisation such as Rand.org, for example, openly says we will be able to uh, manipulate and coerce human beings to do things that they wouldn't normally want to do. Uh, they literally mean it when they say humans are now hackable yeah. animals.
3: Wow, that's scary. Jay, are we hackable animals subject to nanotech?
2: Yeah, there's two documents that come to mind that actually discuss that. You could look at uh, Brzezinski's uh, Between Two Ages where in uh, one of the footnotes he discusses the possibility of frequency manipulation, um, tuning into human frequencies and either agitating them on a mass level or sort of calming them down and making them very docile on a mass level. And uh, it does tie into the changing of the genome, and I won't say this out loud, but you can read this. This is, this is a World Economic Forum lecture that's being <clears throat> that was done in 2015, and you can read what the, the, the topic of that lecture is. And that uh, is exactly what Maria was talking about, right? So it's telling wow. us that there'll be a changing in the genome uh, in, through various things. You can guess what those things are but that's also part of an overall plan which klaus talks about which is to re- 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 rewrite the human dna it will be inside you, you will, we will not just be changing our mind we will change who you are <laughs> which is to literally change us to no longer be human now what they mean by that is not alien in the sense of alien entities although they might try to run that psy up uh, like ryan said but they mean something other than human so The idea here of just basically synthesizing with silicon life forms or something like that. Uh, Ray Kurzfeld talks about this in many chapters in his books about this new future where we have the post-human world where everybody's linked into a kind of Skynet. Jacques Attali has a chapter where he talks about the global brain, and he actually calls it the Gollum. He says in the last chapter, last few chapters of brief uh, <laughs> history of the world, which he wrote in 2006. He says by 2040, 2050, we'll link everyone into the global brain, and you'll be in your coom pod because you won't have to go anywhere or do anything because you'll have you know bots running everything. Uh, and and that's exactly what metaverse is intended to be. Now, I don't. Again, we're not there yet, but you know, Mark Zuckerberg talking about putting everybody in their coom pods. That's what this is, right? It's it's what. Atali talks about, it's what, ja- uh, what Klaus talks about. They're all talking about the same thing, Ray Kurzweil, because that is the plan.
3: Well, Ryan, you started out crediting Elon Musk with helping you get back on Twitter. But does he have a role in hacking the human brain and transhumanism?
0: Oh, sometimes people do the right thing for the wrong reason. Yeah, I think those guys want to collect data for their own AI. And but he is sort of a AI skeptic. He thinks if you plug that in, it's going to destroy. He's more of the Ted Kaczynski brand and he's obsessed with trying to colonize Mars and all these things that are like futuristic in the talk about. We're never even remotely close to being able to terraform planets, but he does get a lot of government grants by barking a lot. And he's a master at getting money from the state. But breaking that media monopoly was key because if you think about it, like you're kind of. Limited in what you can say on this show on YouTube, right? But you are able to reach people. Without uh, people like me, like I I was banned on everything. I can't use anything besides Twitter, right? And it's been like that for years. I got kicked off YouTube in 2008. I got kicked off MySpace in 2005. They don't want people like me to talk. But it only takes one. You don't have to be on them all. You just need to be on one. So if you think about it, what people know about Zoink-19, and those who did resist, I mean, like, Sweden didn't go along with it at all. Like, there there were places that just said, no. All that information has come from alternative media. Like, because the three-letter networks were completely uniform. They all said the same thing. You had the stupid TikTok commercials of the orderlies doing dances and late-night comedians singing about Corona beer and stuff like that. But a lot of them didn't have it because a little bit squeaked through on Twitter here and there as people were getting banned, right? A little bit squeaked through and now you have Rumble, you have Odyssey, you have BitChute. The free market has come to the rescue once again. Like this is where, well, you're going to lock down our media. Well, you made them viable market, at least in the political arena, to hear from somewhere else. And so you're going to have this resistance. Now they're trying to shut down Odyssey right now uh, and they're going after BitChute as well. But I think the market ultimately is going to win this. If you look at it, it usually does. These people always overplay their hand. They always bite off more than they can chew. And they have all these fantasies of like, we're going to manipulate your DNA and plug you in a machine like ready, ready player one or something. But I see it going the opposite direction. AI scares me for other reasons, though. All these deep fakes, the voice parts down. Anyone can copy anyone's voice any anybody you know, it's been on you know, like just youtube they could do, do 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 make sean atwood say this script and you could hardly tell the difference the video is getting there but mainly what these idiots are doing with it now is just deep fake uh corn we'll say but that's going to get to the point where y- it will be indistinguishable you will no longer be able to tell what has happened in history and who said what because everything can be faked everything you can make anybody say anything and no one will know. And then they're gonna usher in and go, Oh, yeah, you can't tell the difference between real and fake unless you have this digital ID. Here you go. That's the push with AI is to get a global digital ID. And it's it could be, I think it'll go more the direction of minority report with Tom Cruise if you want a movie for how bad it can get, you can get prosecuted for pre-crimes and you'll need your little chip or barcode or whatever it is to buy and sell things, like the number of the beast. And if you get out of line, you're a dissident. They just turn it off. I mean, we're already—I've faced some kind of like that already. Like I've been debanked, I've been kicked off crypto exchanges. They—they they, I can't use PayPal, I can't use Patreon, I can't do anything. It's very hard to make money, especially in this kind of thing, There's no, even people want to give it to you. Don't have a way to do it. Well, how imagine how much worse that would be if I couldn't even use cash. And they want to get away from cash. They want a cashless society so that the state can decide who can buy, who can sell. And with the click of a switch, you're turned off. You can't buy anything, you can't sell anything. And you know, there was a guy that wrote a manifesto about this 30 years ago. And you know, he was he's in jail and he was a terrible serial killer. But you know, before he went nuts, he wrote a rather prominent piece called Industrial Society and in Future. And I implore everybody to read it.
3: All right, thanks, Ryan. Maria, what's the role of Elon Musk in the agenda?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because what happened was, and I've been talking about this a little bit lately, I noticed a lift on some of the censorship on some platforms recently. Like just as an example, my Instagram's been on a permanent shadow ban for over a year. And then out of nowhere, uh, after Elon bought Twitter, it seemed to reverse and now it's sort of, the algorithm sort of catching up but i went back to well actually bigger than ever i ever have 1600 followers every single day um and so adding to my account and my stuff not getting shadow banned you know my videos where they were getting Maybe 3,000 views are now getting 350,000. So something strange happened. And I think it could be one of two things. Now, Elon does talk about the fact that he wants Twitter to be a pl- payment platform as well. It could very well be a trap for people to trust the platform uh, and eventually be pushed into linking their digital ID with Twitter, which will essentially be a social credit score. He compares it to a, uh, I think, WeChat in China, where this is being used to shut citizens out of society. It it is being, you know, there are examples out of China where people now uh, have completely been shut out of society because they didn't agree with something the government did and then they're, they're writing to WeChat saying, please, please let me back into society. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And he looks to WeChat as a model. So whether his desire is sinister or not, and and Ryan said sometimes people do good things for the wrong reasons or I I think, I hope I didn't misquote you there, Ryan, but, you know, um, whether his intention is pure or not, I think the other platforms can see that, Elon is getting a lot of traction and maybe eventually want to compete with their own payment platform. Uh, So I think we're we're quite some time away from the one master digital platform. In the meantime, we're going to have a lot of other players that come into it. Um, But this is one thing that made me a little bit nervous. Why is the censorship lifting? You've come this far in this global plan and you're just lifting your censorship. Now I do think Twitter played a huge part in that. So I think Elon has a lot of uh, good intentions, perhaps perhaps, Um, but he has also spoken about, um, you know, the dangers of AI, he issued a final warning, you know, about if we don't stop now, this is, this is going to get out of control. And by the same token, Neuralink hacks your brain. And, you know, is he, does he know, is he playing his role in all of this or is his intention genuinely for good and people are going to use the technology for bad? If you just look at um, some of the inventors of the technology of this recommended medication I keep referring to, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, uh, you know, his intention was good. He was trying to cure a family member from cancer and then realized that this isn't safe for humans and stopped the trials uh, because the animals died. So um you know it, it it's it's a similar thing where something may be created with good intention and then later hijacked um and just on that um where where Ryan was saying that you know they want to manipulate the DNA Uh, they already have so there's a there's a a study out of lund university in sweden which shows that it reverse transcribes into the dna it changes it many experts and doctors that i've interviewed say that the dna now is permanently damaged there's no way to reverse it um anyone who's taken this recommended medication is in serious trouble because when the globalists are telling them we can now hack you um you know there are serious risks here so there are people around the world working very hard to see how to get this out of their bodies to see whether there is a way to reverse it but the dna damage is is just devastating because it will affect future generations and we don't know if that's unlimited at this stage
3: thanks maria jay what are your thoughts then on shadow banning payment methods being shut down for people like ryan and elon musk as a proponent of free
2: speech Well, I was about to do my Mark Zuckerberg and I was just so happy that Ryan Dawson has been shut off from everything because when he's in the coon pod, it's going to be so great. We'll have his vitamins intravenously piped into his veins. It'll be great. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so I've experienced some of that. Uh, My website was completely deleted. 10 years of essays and writings were completely deleted in 2018 with no warning. And I was on a platform that had a a reputation for, quote, free speech. Um, Then uh, my Channel was demonetized uh, years ago for one word. Um, I won't say what it is, obviously, but yeah. So I've experienced that. I've had uh, you know other other things, a year long ban, I think, on Facebook. Not that I, not that I really care about Facebook. It's kind of boomer, but you know that this is this is a problem because that's the first uh, elements of how you try to go after people, like like Ryan said, for social credit score. That's kind of already a, a, a proto beta version of that. And so there are real dangers, I think, with what Maria's talking about, with what Elon has down the road. I mean, I think we're all in we're all justified in being skeptical when we have a person, you know, at the top tiers of the establishment coming out and saying, oh, uh, I'm on your side now. I want to be base and red pilled. OK, maybe I guess anything is possible. Um, but there's also possibilities of that. This is a kind of a bait and switch. This is a. Uh, way to get everybody who is red-pilled or whatever saying all the stuff they need to say for his own AI. I mean, it could be any of these things. It could be in these scenarios. I don't know his motives, but I think we're all justified in being reserved, in uh, placing our trust in sudden hero figures that emerge. Although, hey, it's great if, if he really does, if he really is migrating on the scale towards you know our side of things, that's great. I hope so. But we're also justified to be skeptical. But ultimately, the, the goal is what we've seen with testing on people like us in this sphere, that's the, the ultimate goal, absolutely. Bertrand Russell, H.G. Wells, they both said 100 years ago that there would be a future social world credit system, universal basic income, which would be turned off on the basis of you saying no, no naughty words.
3: Thanks for that, Jay. Okay, Ryan Dawson, what do you think about smart cities and are they a prelude to the Hunger Games Society as described by David Icke?
0: <laughs> I haven't heard David Ike's thing. I I never saw Hunger Games, so I don't know. But uh, but smart cities are going to be another fail. I don't. I'll tell my quick opinion on Elon. I don't think it's a bait and switch because why switch? You already had everything. They already had a monopoly. No dissidents were allowed to speak. That doesn't do them any good to bring people like me and a list of people who got unbanned last month back and able to talk. Uh, against all these agendas, so I think Elon. It may be one of the. You can put a question mark next to him, but you know dang well it's not going to be Zuckerberg or Google, YouTube, etc. All the other social medias are are totally like crawling with FBI and the Twitter files came out and said it. Yeah, the FBI was here, and there are also a bunch of uh, of uh, of these people that like kittens. If you know what I'm saying. Um, and they got expunged and then be well if you have the fbi in there and you have a bunch of edos, <clears throat> why wasn't the fbi doing anything about it because they participate in it that's why so i think elon's been a a good force and yeah he he wants to make money and so so what you know breaking the media monopoly is absolutely key smart cities um i don't think uh they're going to be able to build even regular cities in the future with how bad the economy's going and how much they expanded the money supply with twenty nineteen, 19 and their war against russia and nato falling apart and europe falling apart economically i don't see that i see it going the other direction we're taking steps backwards
3: thanks ryan okay maria smart cities and a possible hunger game society
1: Yes, absolutely, and they're already here in Australia. So Newcastle uh, is the testing smart city for the whole world actually this is in our own government documents and so they've already installed the led lights and all sorts of other things that they need to make these function Uh, i think people are expecting a whole infrastructure or a whole city to be built before we see a smart city it's not actually the case what the smart cities are what they present them as is this grand plan for a place where people can you know live locally and have you know luxury things around them and it all looks nice and neat and you've got some plants around to make it look green, what they actually want to create are ghettos. Now, um, as I said, we've already got them here in Australia in progress. Let me tell you how far they will go to destroy a place in order to build a smart city. You may have heard about the tragic floods in Lithgow uh, last year in Australia where over 50,000 people lost their homes. The mayor of Lithgow in 2018 signed up the city to be a smart city. And so they went and destroyed all of these homes with geoengineering. We have the evidence of that, um, clear, clear evidence. in order to then transform this this place uh, misplace the the rural people out of their homes and these people um you know people that live in rural areas generally don't comply with the agenda so they want to get them displaced and replace it with their smart city so they will go to extreme lengths if you recall the bushfires some years ago in australia it was all along the east coast and that just so happens to be where we've been flooded constantly uh the the, over the past few months with la niña which is manufactured um Th- th- that's where they want the fast train to go that will connect all these districts now i call them districts because in our own government documents they call them districts and if you look at those reports and i've done reports on this they actually outline the borders where you're not able to leave now they may- that may not be a physical border it's actually geofencing. and we have areas already in australia in rural areas where the road is painted red and on either side of that there is a device that device will Will prevent you from leaving now what happens when you leave that border and the geofencing kicks in well you either your bank account will switch off or you know um your other functions that you have uh, electronically will switch off. Uh, the authorities will obviously be notified. But perhaps worse than that is that these streetlights can actually kill. They have these things. The, this technology, I encourage everyone, if you haven't seen it, go to Zmedia.com and watch the interview with Aman Jabi. He's a former Silicon Valley engineer. He gets into the detail of this technology. That that interview has been shared far and wide. Technocracy News shared it. Gateway Pundit shared it. It went all all over the world. Uh, Even Greg Reese did two separate uploads on this topic because he actually shows how these streetlights not only and if, if you notice um, th- th- they're everywhere now they're replacing all the lights with this they have voice recognition they're actually um, th- that voice recognition is sending your data as you're walking past talking having conversations to the supercomputer and the the lights are designed to subvert humans so there's there are certain brightness that you can't look up so you're constantly looking down as you're walking past them at night but not only that they can actually kill with their frequencies um if they don't like what the humans are doing and and you know of of course with how many people we have leaving the police force how little people we have joining the police force the only real police that we have are new world order goons that are going to be left by the end of this so we're going to be policed by robot dogs and streetlights that can kill i mean we could, it's all well and good for us to think that it is just a pipe dream but i'm telling you this is already here in australia we have tens of thousands of these cameras these lights uh and they've already announced just last year dominic perrottet in the state of new south wales announced this plan to split city into three cities which in their plans again are called districts they've actually written the words so unfortunately it's not a pipe dream it's already happening in my country
3: Yeah, in America as well, they're arming the robots, aren't they? Like the bomb detection robots so they they can assassinate uh, potential threats. Okay, Jay, smart cities?
2: Yeah, I I did a satire video uh, in 2015 or 16 where I dressed up like a pope in the future. And I had a French fry hat miter. And I was just totally joking around that in the future, you would live inside of a Target or a Walmart uh and here we are right so like the satire is no longer satire it's becoming reality yeah i've been studying this idea for a long time with the the old you can actually go back to disney when they when they were putting out tomorrowland and the idea of uh, epcot it's supposed to be the city of the future and if you if you pay attention to a lot of the rides and a lot of what they were trying to promote it was actually this sort of communal future utopian living And of course, if we don't know, it was the CIA and all that that helped Disney secure that land. And and, and Disney operates as kind of its own little city state with its own constitution. It's very bizarre. It's kind of like the Vatican or Washington, D.C., like it has its own constitution and police force. It's it's very bizarre. But um, there's there's a lot of propaganda that went into that. A lot of corporations were involved in um, figuring out how to get people to sort of be propagandized into accepting future. Dystopian uh, smart cities where you would live in a commune, you would share everything. If you think about what Klaus promotes, and by the way, a lot of people from the world Economic Forum promote the 15 minute cities and how good this is. After the lockdowns, we understand that we don't need to drive everywhere, we don't need to have free commerce. We can just have everything in our own a little area. I'm in Austin right now, and if you if you go to different areas of Austin that are these sort of newly developed gentrified areas, everything is like right. You're like it's like a Whole Foods, and then like part of that complex is the apartment. And then you walk down from the apartment to the whole foods and all that, which like, it doesn't sound that bad, but the problem is that where they want to take that is to a scenario where you're locked down in that, that 15 minute area, you can't travel or go anywhere. And they're talking about how the, the lock, the COVID lockdown, all this, so that, that, that this showed us how this would be the future. So the smart city is the future prison complex that they want to initiate. And they do want to have a rewilding project and all that. My buddy, uh, Tristan, over at Primal Edge Health, he just did a, a video last night on George Monbiot, this like psycho eco dude from the UK. And he's like still talking about killing everybody and having a rewilding project where, you know, put everybody in these smart cities, like lock them down, let nature, you know, heal itself from, uh, you know, human existence and all that. So that, that's the that's what's the motivation behind a lot of this austerity and 50 minute city is, It's these people. It's 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 a real austerity plan, but it fits into ultimately this great reset plan, which is to change not just how we live, but to change man himself.
3: Thanks, Jay. Anything to add to that, Ryan?
0: Yeah, I'll give you the white pill, I guess. I'm not worried about streetlights. Um, The neocons are aging. You can talk like Brzezinski's out Boris Sparzovsky's dead. Kissinger's, what is he, like 200? He's got one foot in the grave. And the second generation neocons are dumb. Like Newland, Blinken, Sullivan, these people—they don't have the Richard Pearl types anymore or Kissinger types. They don't have these. This the second generation is, you know, Kamala Harris saying Russia's a big country, Ukraine's a small country. And Schwab and all these people—all of their uh, really intellectual types and good geopolitical analysts and things are either dead or almost dead and they don't have a second string when you look at it it's it, they don't even have like a midwit string it's real low the next bar i just see them losing hard uh smart cities it's like japan's building a smart city very different though. so south korea has a bunch too where they just make things very convenient and help the elderly and stuff like that but like as far as control They kind of have that anyway with television and Netflix. Like, what the not what lockdowns did is forced everybody to consume more screen time, right? Because they played around with MK Ultra, MK Naomi, and all these different like direct plans to your brain, chemical lobotomies, chips. And they figured out at the end of the day, nothing works better than TV. And that is why breaking the media monopoly in social media is key because if we get screen time, the truth, you need like a hundred lies to defeat one person telling the truth. Like Lies have to be repeated over and over again because they just don't sit well. They don't make sense. And it sounds corny maybe, but I think the truth does set you free and it will win. You don't need billions of dollars of reinforcement to get someone to latch onto the truth. You just need to, it it's, resonates on its own. So for far less money, you can defeat people with far more. Because they only have to hear the truth once, and then they can't put the genie back in the bottle. Every single person that's been awakened to Zoink-19 or any of these other lies, WMDs and so on, they don't go back, right? Once they know and they're skeptical of the government, they're skeptical of Big Pharma, that's it. They're done. They're, that's it. And so I see us winning this. I don't see smart cities getting off the ground. I think this is the last generation of these weirdos. These neocons are done. Uh And it's not going to be automatic. I mean, it depends on what we do, but as long as we're vigilant and stay, and we're on the up and up and getting the right information out there, that's the most powerful thing we have because the lie, that's where all the bad things that happen, the starvation, the sanctions, the war, it all starts with lies. They had to lie about every war and they had to have the press go along with that. Right. They lied about Iraq. They lied about Libya. They lied about Ukraine. They lied about Syria. They lied about Vietnam. They go all the way back. It starts with the lie. That's your argument, say the S word, but that's what the father of lies. Right. And what's the antidote? The opposite line. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. And if you defeat their lies, you, you wipe out everything that comes after that because they can't get a war without a lie. They can't get sanctions without a lie. They can't starve kids without a lie. They have to lie. Taking away their ability to lie to people undermines everything they do. And it just takes one platform, like a Elon on Twitter or something. Ralph Nader wrote about it. You know, Only the billionaires can save us. It just We just needed one good guy, one anti-Soros, right? One person on our team, and we can win. Because the truth is always more powerful than deception.
3: Don't you think bathing in the blood of Transylvanian virgins might save Kissinger, Ryan?
0: <laughs> I'm sure, like Elizabeth Bathory type of thing. I'm sure he's tried it all. It is weird that some of the most evil people just never seem to go and get into their hundreds. I believe Isn't he's it? in his nineties, but yeah, all your queens like no, <laughs> they
3: have they have access to certain. Um, Medical technology. Yeah, let's say. yeah,
0: well they yeah, they get to swap organs many times and all this disgusting. But look, there is no immortality. You're they're all they all end up in the same place. And I just don't see a strong second string for these monsters.
3: Okay, Maria, what are your thoughts on TV propaganda and is the independent media the hope against that nonsense?
1: Yes, absolutely. What Ryan is saying is is true and it's powerful that. You know, you need a hundred lies to combat one, one line of truth. It's, it's absolutely correct. The truth is so powerful, which is why they've worked so hard to squash it. And this whole agenda could not, especially the past three years, could not have been successful if they suppressed the truth as much as they did. Uh, so, so that, that is a, a huge part of the piece, but there's more there are the laws that have been put into place there are the laws that they're still trying to put into place i'm i really want to drum this home if anyone that's watching takes one thing uh, out of this today it's this if the international health regulations amendments go through they will have the ability to forcefully inject people in future and put them away in camps and that they have spoken about it this is not even um you know just a dream we have this legislation in Australia it exists they have the right authorized officers to come into your home strip you naked take you to a facility and forcefully inject you and your children against your will it is in our laws already in multiple states these guys are not playing around so while I understand that it seems like it's all too terrible and terrifying if you are talking about the ultimate goal which is to get everyone Marked with the mark of the beast, you need to understand that they will go to the ultimate lengths to do that because this is not just uh, a physical war about control and power. It's actually a spiritual war. It's the final war, and every step that they take is towards the the final war of mankind for man's soul. That is what they're doing. They're not going to stop. The power of people waking up, through independent media through people that are committed to telling the truth and doing their best to do that is the antidote to the lies and that's why i guess uh it it's important to give the worst possible case scenario so that people can prepare for that, fight against it, watch the steps that they're taking towards the worst possible case scenario. And let, let me just give you a really quick example. These IHR amendments, for example, we raised awareness about this in Australia. Over 100,000 people got involved. And in a matter of two weeks, we've got politicians talking about this in their lunchrooms with their staffers saying, uh, This is pretty scary stuff. So, and these are politicians that were previously viciously attacking anti-injectors if 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 you will so um you know the tide is definitely turning but it's because of the people that say hang on a minute if we don't do something we're dead you know people that scream from the rooftops that this is danger danger so you know at, at the risk of sounding like an alarmist I'm, I'm just trying to be honest with people this is about the final kingdom the Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist, and he doesn't care who he has to take down and who's in his way. Um, But thankfully, thank God, we still have good people in the world. We still have people fighting for the truth. And that's why I just ask, you know, if you're watching this, support independent media, whoever your favourite podcaster might be. You know, if you're from Sean's audience here today, please support him. It's important to keep getting this information out. And the more people that become aware of what is really going on and join the fight, that's how we stop it it is mass awareness of the truth
3: thanks maria and please support all of our guests all of their links are in the description box and i suspect that jay dyer knows a bit about tv and movie propaganda
2: yeah i mean this was in the words of edward bernays he said that that hollywood was the greatest engine for propaganda the world had ever seen <clears throat> so uh, you know i i think that that is kind of dying away i mean the old studio system hollywood we just did an interview with uh, jamie kennedy from scream and he was pointing out how hollywood is kind of dying it's pretty much done i mean it's like the lowest ratings they've ever had for golden globes grammys all this stuff so that's kind of going away the new propaganda is i guess more tiered towards video games and netflix this kind of stuff but i mean even those things have kind of tanked disney tanked in the last year so i think People are not, they don't want to have a lot of this stuff forced down their throat, which is what the media is trying to do. And they have to do that because they don't have any other option. They can't do anything else. So content that isn't completely degenerate is actually much more successful. Um, so the propaganda is not working because it does take tremendous amounts of energy to, pr- to, to promote all the lies. I mean... If it was hopeless, it wouldn't require so much propaganda. There wouldn't have to be so many billions of dollars put into convincing people of absurdities. And you are you are going to get a, a portion of the population that does believe these absurdities and thinks that they are they can identify as a cat or whatever. And and they can keep pushing mental illness, which is part of the... There's a Stanford Research document that talks about pushing mental illness to, to fragment society. So they can keep trying that. But um, it's just so fundamentally unnatural and anti-human that uh, I think humans just inherently they kind of reject this at a certain point so hopefully we're at that tipping point we did have the imf just uh i think today or yesterday saying that the get ready because uh now you have to prepare for the unthinkable so that was their terminology get ready for the unthinkable whether that means global war or something like that i mean that might be what they have to resort to because it's like all this stuff's just not working it's so silly it's so ridiculous um so they might have to play their next crazy card which is something uh, economic collapse, I think is another possibility. So war economic collapse might be the next, the next thing that they're left with because one video, uh, I mean, I might, I don't know what Elon's motives are, but like, as we pointed out last time, Sean, we were talking like one video about of the World Economic Forum talking about this stuff. gets millions of views and people like that immediately breaks the conditioning right there. It's like obvious this is a scam.
0: Thanks Jay.
3: All right, Ryan, the role of Hollywood.
0: Yeah, I mean, Disney stock is down 30%. Go woke, go broke. Uh, they're doing, I mean, you saw what happened on the award show. I won't say. People dressed in red. No one likes that. And But they live in a little bubble. I mean, they only talk to each other. They think these things are a good idea, like the Super Bowl halftime show. And, but it isn't. Like Everyone sees that. It's completely toxic. It gets the opposite reaction to what they think. Hollywood was, uh, I mean, the main progenitor of lies. I mean, right along with the MI, both MICs, medical and military industrial complexes, Hollywood's done it. The late night comedians were all in line. Comedy used to be the resistance, right? Now they, they're not telling jokes to make you laugh. They're just doing affirmation stunts where everybody claps. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's pathetic, but it's falling apart because people were going to gravitate uh, to those that tell the truth. And if, as long as they have one avenue and just, and listen, I'll white peel people again, they wouldn't ban us if we didn't matter. Right. If it's just like, who are you? Some guy in Japan where they They wouldn't ban people unless they were afraid because uh, like Z was saying, they have gamed this out, right? They've tested this. They do all these behavioral studies and guess what they found out. They found out that And they know losing control of information unravels everything they want to do. And it only takes a few outliers, right? There's only probably a couple dozen people online telling the truth about Ukraine right now. But everybody's watching those couple dozen people and getting all their information. There's a complete counter push to the propaganda from NATO. It doesn't take that much. And they're never going to be able to to squeeze out every voice like that. I see Hollywood tanking, Netflix is tanking, Disney's tanking, all of their tried and true uh, methods of brainwashing have fallen on its face. Uh, Social media has been exposed as being covered with spooks and FBI agents, so there's discredit there. It's going to be hard to do another pandemic after what already happened and failed. I mean, they were at a point right around, you know, the beginning of 2020, where they had everyone afraid and believing them and saying, you're going to kill grandma. Just listen, just obey. Look at it now. Right. With all the um, coincidences that are happening, that shakes people to the core. When an 11 year old playing soccer just has a coincidence, you know, you can't, there's not enough propaganda in the world to get that family to go. Oh, well, I guess we should. It's not going to work. Uh, They've been exposed. The Schwab's like, if you just do a poll, who likes Klaus Schwab? You're going to get 99.9% saying no, right? They are so arrogant. And you look at these elitists, I won't call them elite. uh, They keep making the same mistakes. They're They're aiming at the lowest common denominator. Their idea was, well, if we have the numbers, we'll win. But what they don't understand is like a Mark Anthony speech. Like the sheep just go to whoever they last heard, right? They're, they can be manipulated right back on the right path as fast as they're thrown on the wrong path. But it's all the in between. They're not buying it. They're not buying the war propaganda anymore. They're not listening to them uh, because they've lied too many times in a row. And in the past, when it was all television, there was no social media at all. They could lie, wait a few months, it's already forgotten. Tell the next lie, but now people like us can say, "Hey, you said da 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 da," and show the video. Remember that, so all these goldfish brains can get a reminder and say, "They look, hey, look, look what they did. See what they said." I mean, it's a lot of these people did go to jail or got um, suicided, right? A lot that was a win. They got away with this for generations. One of the most horrible crimes. Stuff I'm not even allowed to say about people I'm not even gonna talk about on here. But I, I talk about it. And look, there were consequences for the first time ever. Some of them got arrested. I've, the client list is right here. Anybody wants to know the clients were, you can. It's not as sexy as you think. It's not Tom Hanks and stuff. It's just a bunch of, you won't know most of the names. There's a bunch of boring billionaires and stuff. They're not all like celebrities, but those are the people in charge. I'd name them. I don't know if I, I don't want to risk it, but like, no, I but can anyway. rattle them off. I won't on this channel but it's very easy it's like but these are the ones that did it okay if everyone knew that right and knew those families i mean there's over a dozen billionaires that would undo like they hold so much power those couple dozen guys mostly almost all guys those couple dozen people collectively are you know about half the damn wealth in the country And that's the heads of the snake. There's the hydra right there. And they've all been busted in the most heinous crime possible, right? So we're going to have to see, you know, they're going to drag Fauci before Congress. They're going to drag some of the former Twitter employees before Congress. And this really is an American thing. Like America has to take leadership on this. We, as American citizens, if you live in the United States, really need to put pressure on this Republican Congress to have some comeuppance on these evil Mm -hmm. and get some consequences for what they did because that's you know bring back the old USA right to bring back the like the ones run by Virginians take these SOBs and put them in shackles that's what needs to happen and it won't be automatic but you got to get it like I've got the list we can go to Congress and lobby and push drag these people before a hearing and have some consequences for what they did to the entire planet
3: I agree that the scum needs to be held accountable. Okay. Maria, anything to add?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the topic of Hollywood, a lot of people would acknowledge that what these people are doing is satanic, but then as soon as you present the the, the theory to them that these, not the theory, the fact that these people know they actually worship and serve Satan, uh, people go, oh, that's a, that's a bit silly. You know, so they can come out and do the symbolism and dress like devils and do all of this sort of stuff. Um, And people will go, wow, that's really evil. And then you say, well, do you know that they actually partake in rituals and this is who they serve and they're trying to bring forth his kingdom on earth? And they'll go, oh, that's just conspiracy. Well hang on a minute they've just shown you that openly and what these people are doing is performing these rituals in front of you when you can see it on your television when you can uh, w- when it when it penetrates your mind and poisons your mind now thankfully the people that are watching this are aware of that and they see through it but th- these are these are this has a spiritual meaning for them as well and you know for them it brings more power to the kingdom that they're trying to establish on earth which is you know uh, ancient babylon again um and and it's it's already here so for, for people that have studied a bit of the history of this the the kingdom of babylon um and from a spiritual perspective you'll know that this is this is what they're trying to build so we're not just talking again we're not just talking about power and control we're talking about literally satan's kingdom and i you know i i know that people might think that that's a bit too far but that's what they believe whether you believe it or not that's what they believe and i guarantee you that all the people on ryan's little map there believe that they believe it wholeheartedly and everything that they do is because they believe that and so you know where 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 we where ryan said it's hard to do another pandemic now he's absolutely right it would be very very hard to pull that off however what happens to criminals when you back them into a corner they usually fight pretty hard to make sure they don't get caught so my whole angle is what are they going to do because they've come this is the furthest they've ever come in history towards that plan of their their dark lord's kingdom being on earth right so uh, and again, the ultimate goal being the soul of man, the mark of the beast. So what else are they going to do between now and then to get to that ultimate goal? How far will they take this? And the people really have got to be prepared. Yes, we've got to fight this. We've got to push back on politicians. We've got to do all of this. And we do all of that. I mean, as I said to you in Australia, we have huge action against this. But, but at the same time, my whole thing is we've got to be prepared for the absolute worst because they will go to extreme lengths to harm people, distract from the plan. You know, just look at Ohio, for example, what's going on there? Zero media attention. Um, and, and, you know, it just so happens to be an Amish community smack bang in the middle of a bunch of Amish communities um, who have been under immense attack because they're self-sufficient and they don't need to rely on the state. So uh, when I say they'll go to extreme lengths, lengths, they absolutely will. It's all well and good to say, well, more and more people are waking up. Yeah, but then they go and orchestrate potentially a train derailment With extremely toxic chemicals to kill people and harm them like they they don't care for human life they don't care at all for your well-being they will do whatever it takes to reach their ultimate goal so we have to be aware of just how sinister and dangerous these people are we shouldn't underestimate them Uh, how many people have you know conveniently committed suicide when the time comes for some accountability so we, we we should never underestimate our enemy. They're very dangerous.
3: Well said, Maria. Jay, does this bring us back to Hollywood? Isn't Hollywood a purveyor of occult, ritualistic symbolism?
2: Yeah, that's an element of Hollywood. <clears throat> I think that there's a lot of layers there. So you have some of the directors that, that are out there that have been famous, have been into Kabbalah, they've been into... Krolyanism, various uh, secret society ideologies. Um, But there's also a lot of overlap between those entities and those Hollywood people and intelligence agencies, the Pentagon, you know, they've had, uh, you know, liaison offices for every intelligence agency with Hollywood going back decades. But you go back to the earliest days of Hollywood, it was kind of set up to be um, a propaganda machine. I mean, there's a lot of other things too. It's there to make money. It's all that. But, uh, it also had a lot of culture warfare uh, aspect to it to change and and steer the culture in a different direction. And Ram Corporation, for example, they did a lot of studies on this uh, for uh, culture creation. So a lot of people don't know that, that that that's an element of what goes on. They think of culture as something totally organic. But from the vantage point of the you know steering committees, NGOs, foundations, think tanks, all this, they, they're very interested in how to steer society. And as Bernays said, I mean, Hollywood is one of those key ways to do that. So they've seen the power of film, the power of propaganda for, for, for a long, long time. Um, and Hollywood, I think, was one of the key elements to breaking down America, to destroying it, to degrading it. It served its purpose. That's why they don't really need it anymore. And yeah, so the commenter's talking about Dave McGowan. I mean, D- Dave McGowan's books are kind of classic on this. You know, his, uh, his take on the music scene, weird scenes of the canyon. My two books were about the history of Hollywood and intelligence agencies, organized crime. All of that ties into the history of Hollywood and what it what it functioned as, as a culture driver. Uh, and so that's what it did. They don't care about it anymore because it served its purpose to degrade and destroy the country. Right. Over to
3: Ryan.
0: Yeah, Degeneracy is at an all-time high in the U.S. And it's been driven through Hollywood and also mtv type of uh propaganda mtv for a while was that's just all young people saw because it's kind of pre-internet and they were addicted to these music videos which is a a fast-track emotional way of, of pushing in degenerate propaganda there is a pushback to that too this these things always come in little pendulum swings right and i see i've said this a bunch but i see them it going back the other way and they're on the decline. Uh, losing Hollywood is not something they wanted. Like, it may have served its purpose almost. It almost got there, but trust me, they loved it, but it still had the power that it used to have. They had total control. If you look at contrast the first Gulf War with the second Gulf War, the first Gulf War, pre internet, I'm from Cape Hatteras. I and mean, there was a yellow ribbon around our lighthouse. Like, it was everybody like, well, we can't let Saddam be the new Hitler. And blah, blah, blah. just there was no resistance at all post-internet you have the second iraq war equally i mean babies and incubators is a lie WDS is a lie it was all based on lies both times you had tens of millions of people protesting the war before it started knowing bush was full of it and it was propaganda in these neocons i was out there talking about the office of special plans before it was cool and it was because you know Guys like Justin Romandos of antiwar.com websites and all had a way, at least one way, to get correct information out there. And that became the new Vietnam. It's like the most unpopular war America's had since Nam was the second Iraq war because they put boots on the ground. They got reduced to proxy wars after that, right? And all the lies got exposed. So what they do, they then the pendulum goes the other way. They quickly shifted and they started taking over social media because they realized, well, we can't allow independent media. That's what screwed up this whole war. People are learning facts about it and jeer forgeries. and da, 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 da. They kookified the 9-11 movement. So like you can't, I'll get you in trouble again on this. But you, know, you can't talk about that. And the kind of unofficial official story on that is as dumb as the official story with holograms and airplane denial and all this stuff. Uh, the kookification kicked in but then again the pendulum swings back the other way you get the antidote to that uh, because we're getting more and more free market solutions and platforms for people to speak and the demand is just there and all these quote-unquote normies who weren't into conspiracy theories foreign policy all that everybody cared about zoink 19 and a lot of people got banned for that topic so many in fact that it created a viable audience for an alternative because it was just libertarians, just the anti-war people, just the ones that saw through the two parties, It wasn't enough, but when they went after everybody that was opposing the Rona propaganda, then they messed up bad because that was just too many people on the other side. Now you have rumble. Like if people want to learn about that map, I mean, you can get a map, but you can go to Sean's rumble. It's also on my odyssey and you can, here, I think it's like nine and a half hours straight going through each player, just walking through. Started that as soon as he got arrested. I mean, this information's out there, but it, it is clouded with disinfo. People are waiting for the list to be released. Like, the list is out. It's been out. They're, they didn't have like a list in a locker that they go and found so or like a black book. You just go on the victim's testimony and court files and stuff and dig it up. and It's not... You, It's You can put it together, and people have. And there's a lot of topics like that. You want to know about September 11? Well, you can find out about that. You want to know what's going on, really, with biolabs in Ukraine and other places? That information's out there. It's just go find all the people who've been banned recently, right? People that used to be everywhere, and then suddenly they're black, right? A lot of them are back on Twitter now. And they got banned for a reason. They're scared of those people. They're scared of that information. That's coming out, Hollywood. I'm enjoying watching that crash and burn because it's just been complete filth. And I think again they overplayed their hand with the letting men play women's sports, and you know that whole topic, like putting a a guy basically in a women's prison, stuff like that. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people are like, "What? You can't do. You can't just identify your sex." no one agrees with that uh they can get you to shut up about it and pretend like you agree it, bully you into that position but nobody authentically accepts that they're like nah nah you're mentally Ill. you're playing pretend that's what people think so as soon as there's an avenue where people can freely say that everybody's jumping on that and joining that i see twitter uh surpassing these it's the little player right it's growing they fired 75% of the staff, it didn't matter, right, it still functions just better than it did before. I see that go in places. And what also happens is, once there's a place like Twitter that has the news about Ohio on it all over it, it pressures the other Instagrams and all those things, to shift that direction. You because they can't all be saying one thing it completely ignoring. they have to do a little small story about the train wreck in Ohio, right? Uh, again, these Amish community communities didn't take the thing, right? Like they don't believe it. they didn't take it. So they found another way to mess with these people and immediately people recognize it. Hey, how come the communities that didn't take the thing just happened to have a huge chemical crash on their farmland Oh, who else who was buying farmland up <clears throat> gates? And then you have got something in the feed, reducing the eggs, all these food processing plants catching on fire or getting hit by airplanes. And now four different train derailments right after Antifa put out a pamphlet on how to derail trains. Of course, they'll blame it on Russia or racism or the climate or something or, or the unvaxxed or whatever. They'll have some story. But like, you have an anarchist group that got caught, caught red-handed and arrested, putting forty-one shunts on railroad tracks, and they're gonna act like they don't see it. It's just an idea, man. Come on, man. Joe Biden, you know, such environmentalist, he saves water and taking showers with his daughter. These people are getting exposed. I mean, you just got to laugh at the clowns that just, just laugh at these people. These, these second generation neocons are embarrassing. And I see, I would be black pilled if I lived in Canada or Australia because they got it the worst. Like they're the new Indian reservation, they beta tested on those areas, right? But look, and but even, Can- even Canada was resisting it with the truckers and all. Like, if Canada's standing up to you, you got problems because they. Usually the first one's over the barrel, grabbing their ankles, saying, thank you, sir, I have another. Like, so when the Canadians resist, everyone else is going to If you can't get Canada, you'll never get the southern half of the United States. Wow. Okay,
3: Maria, so Ryan was talking about the pendulum swinging the other way. And we've had several viewers tonight have written in, you know, this is all really dark content. Do we have any hope?
1: Yes, absolutely. Here's the thing. I... I think people fail to realise that we're in a war. Um, And when you know that the governments of the world have colluded to give people a medicine that is intended to kill or harm and you don't admit to yourself that there is someone that's trying to kill you, there's a problem. You need to realise the problem is there. They want people dead. They they, They want to depopulate or they want to harm them and make them dependent on pharma for the rest of their lives. So if we fail to recognize that problem, especially um, when we're talking about the reality of the situation from, from a platform point of view uh, you know, I I feel a great sense of responsibility to the people that listen to my channel, for example, and the people that are listening here tonight. Um, If I lead you down a garden path and I don't present the, the worst possible case scenario, I feel as though I'm, I'm lying because I have dug into this so deeply and have seen in their own documents, like, like I said to you, the UN calls it the Melbourne experiment. So, so yeah, okay, Australia experienced a lockdown for over uh, Melbourne for over 130 days consecutively. The UN says they want to do that to the rest of the world. So it's not just like they got away with it here in Australia and now it's not going anywhere else. No, no, we were the social experiment for how they're going to do it to you, whether you're in a red state or a blue state in the United States, you know what I mean? So this is why I want to warn people and if you accept that you are in a war and that there is an enemy out there that wants you dead and they just so happen to run the world, the only way out of that is through mass non-compliance and people knowing what the agenda is and saying, no, we're not going to to uh to fold to this unfortunately just laughing at them isn't enough um with all due respect to ryan i agree that we need to mock them i agree that we need to point out all the things that are wrong with them um because that's part of you know they can't stand being made fun of they can't stand it it crushes their ego so that that's a huge part of it but at the same time we shouldn't underestimate our enemy we should know what their intentions are it is to depop it is to hurt uh kill name um and you know and they'll continue doing that as long as the people aren't aware now we are surrounded by people you know echo chambers all the time on some of these social media platforms it's just the way that algorithms work you know i I go in my telegram for example there are sixty-six thousand people in there that think like me so it's very easy for me to think oh you know people 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 think like me you know but but so many if you do spend the time to talk to strangers out there like i do every time i can you know supermarkets but grocery stores whatever um and and i talk to them they have no clue what's going on you say world economic forum to them and they go huh or or who oh what's that you know without the people being mobilized because again, you are at war without the people being mobilized to counter strike peacefully, lawfully against the actions that the enemy is taking. Uh, why, why would the enemy stop if they're winning a war that people can't see? Because it is unseen. It's the unseen realm. It's done through legislation. It's done through corporations. It's done through the big banks. You know, everything that's being orchestrated is is done so long before we actually see the effects. So my whole point is to warn people of what those steps are so that we can counter-strike before it hits us because by the time people see the shortages which are coming, by the time people physically see it in front of them, it will be too late. By the time the IHR amendments go through because not enough people screamed it's over if this happens... It will be too late. And then people will say, well, why didn't anyone warn us about this? Why didn't anyone dig? Why didn't anyone do the research? So I will never sugarcoat things, unfortunately. I'm sorry, uh, you know, for people that, you know, may be feeling watching, uh, w- watching this that it's dark, uh, but it is a dark plan. It's a very, very dark plan. The plan is to harm you and the people that are speaking out are trying to stop that from happening.
3: Thanks, Maria. So in the face of this dark plan, Jay, is there hope?
2: Yeah, I think there's hope. I mean, on on one level, <clears throat> I don't know. It could be the end of the world. I don't have any specific uh, knowledge of that. Um, we don't necessarily have to assume that everything's going to be, you know, apocalypse. Um, it could be a, a bad time and then things get better. It could be Gets worse worse and worse than the, it is in the world i mean all these things are possibilities you know we're told in scripture for example to not try to speculate and and uh figure out when it is the end i'm not saying maria's doing that i'm just saying that we're not told the exact date so i don't think we have to automatically be black pilled that everything will necessarily become worse um you know that might be a thousand years from now when the end of the world happens but might be ten thousand years who knows so uh, I'm not at all uh, blackpilled or or worried about it. Um, I I have you know my own religious beliefs as Orthodox that there is a uh, an end to history that's positive and there's also the possibility of things getting better. And you know we've seen I think in the last year a lot of this failing. So they will definitely try to roll out the next phase of this. We know that Gates just did a catastrophic contagion where it's the next level of a rollout. I think if they did try to, to go that route they would have to do an actual real you know bio release or something like that i don't think you get away with another planned thing <laughs> so um koof i think uh was a, a test it was a, it was a live exercise it's kind of a thing to see where things were going when they do a future scenario but we do have the possibility of an economic collapse uh you know we know that klaus world economic forum they ran cyber polygon uh, i read through and did did all the slides for that whole that whole thing that whole exercise that they did and that's a real scenario that could perhaps be the uh, basis for why they want to try to push like a cbdc electronic currency which that would be a huge defeater for freedom uh if they have a cbdc in place i mean that would just be a nightmare that would be the worst and the guy at the the, the, the guy with like four chins of the bank for international settlements he was on the on the media the other day saying that We have to get this CBDC through. And he actually said in that press conference that when the BIS gets through a CBDC, it will be to shut off anybody's transactions that don't go along with the program. He actually said that in the clip. So, I mean, they're just outright saying what the plan is. Um, But no, we don't have to be... um, I mean, I live in the South. So, like, I can go in the countryside and we live in the countryside, right? So, it's not going to it's not going to hurt where I'm at because people still have farms. They still have cows. They have milk. I mean, everybody in the South basically has guns. So <laughs> you know, it's, you're not going to get a bunch of purple haired uh, people eater freaks are not going go <coughs> to go door to door and take everybody's guns because everybody has a gun. So that's, a, that's, you know, that's not going to happen in the South. But uh, if you lived in New York or California, I mean, it might get really bad there.
3: Thanks, Jay. So tying into this question of hope, Ryan, another question has been sent in. Are there any heads of state that haven't been corrupted? Didn't Iceland, didn't they do something to their bankers?
0: They they kicked them out? Or, <laughs> yeah, <you> know, we- <laughs> they were throwing furniture out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, there are states some better than others, like uh, Iceland, uh, Ireland's like 50-50 now, but the public there is very very much aware and against this globalist agenda a lot of them a lot of the middle east the whole shiite region is against this you know iran lebanon syria uh about 50 percent of iraq and then there's like russia serbia hungary there's a lot of people opposing it and then there's a lot sort of on the sidelines right like most if you look at if you want to be real clear and see like who's wef and who's opposed then look at nato's war right it isn't the world it's just some of Europe, the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and then tacitly they have like Japan and Korea just like, well, we won't aid the other side, right? But it's just the Anglosphere and not even all of that because some of that's gone against it. And then Turkey is now, uh, they blocked Sweden from joining NATO, right? They're siding with Russia. India's with Russia. China's with Russia. The global south is with Russia. All of Africa's with Russia. Latin America's with Russia. Like, the majority of the world is not on board with this stuff and there will be a sea change in the United States and without the United States, NATO is nothing that you want to talk about paper tiger. They don't have ammo. They don't have personnel. They don't have the equipment. They have some nuclear states, so they're safe from getting you know hit that way, but they can't project power in the world. The old days of the, you know, the merchant empires of the, the British, the French, the Spanish done it's over. You're not a world power anymore. You're not going to be a world power. You're going to be a second tier, second class area sucks for Europe, but you're not the world. Other places have other directions like this. And yeah, the Southern United States has been proud resistance. I mean, they are gun owners. They are skeptical of the government. They're for self-sufficiency, that type of culture. And I'd argue the Midwest is like that too. Now that stress and self-sufficiency and skepticism, that's the culture the WEF can't stand. That's who they want to clamp down on the most. Then you get, you know, even Normie-ish governors DeSantis of Florida. He's taxing Disney now. Disney did enjoy like 35-year rollovers of not paying taxes. They were sort of like the Vatican. They were sort of a state within a state. They had more sovereignty than Indian reservations, which are supposed to be sovereign states. Not anymore. They lost 30% of their stock and now they're getting taxed. You know, as... People are angry as hell about Zoink-19, and they're taking that energy into everything else that they want to go. And the war propaganda on Ukraine cannot be sustained without monopoly on the media. I mean, they said Russia bombed its own pipeline. We've got, got, yeah, okay. we got, we, yeah, we got
3: to be careful here. Ryan, 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 we've got to be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's go over to Maria then, Maria. The questions were, are there any heads of state that haven't been corrupted and the other question is from Paul Morgan. Is there a country that is safe?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's it's a great question. There are some European countries. I mean, Ryan mentioned, you know, Russia, Serbia. Um, I don't know if Russia is the safest place to go at the moment. But Serbia is an interesting one because they refuse to batter the pressure of NATO. They're really, really, um, you know, accustomed to the what what an american and nato war disguised as something else actually looks like um they went through it some time ago and so they're they're not bowing to the pressure pressure of being you know turning against russia right now um brazil was a shining example and uh you saw you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands turning up in support for bolsonaro and about three and a half people turning up for lula and then lula still steals, steals the election so um you know, it's it, it is very very um, concerning that we have seen so many times where, you know, you have an election come up like like Macron in France, for example. He won, and the people were rioting on the streets because, for the most part, the people the people didn't vote for this guy. You know, um, and it, it it resulted in huge civil unrest. And Brazil, we've seen protests for. You know, I mean, I think they've they've almost squashed it completely now. But we saw protests for over sixty days, for goodness sake. The people didn't want this. So unfortunately, when the those the powers that be or, or the self proclaimed powers that be want to take hold of a country, they do. Brazil is the perfect example. Bolsonaro had the hearts of the people. He, you know, he armed the people, which reduced crime. He did fantastic things for that country, and. So many people were supporting him, and that is evident through the protests that followed the election, or so-called election, um, and the things that Lulo is doing right now are just shocking. So I think that when they want a country, um, they'll get it. They have, just have a look at some of the presidents. Um, I think it was, uh, maybe Jay can help me He was at Tanzania um, that withstood, and there were a couple of them that withstood against what Big Pharma wanted to do over the past two years. And then those presidents just happen to die. You know, uh, It's it, 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 we shouldn't, again, we should never underestimate our enemy. Um, they will go to extreme lengths. So is anything safe right now? Well, I've, I've mentioned a couple of uh, places that, you know, Serbia, for example, countries like that, that are still, you know, very hesitant about NATO. Um, I think Mexico at the moment, the cartel don't want to give in to the new world order. So that's an interesting one. Um, but but the, the the goal is eventually for the whole world.
2: Thanks, Maria. Okay, Jay, we're on safe countries and safe heads of state. There's only one monarch in the world that hasn't been corrupted, and he's a prince in Nigeria. And I know this because he's sending me a lot of emails, and he's saying that if <laughs> I send him money, we can fight the Illuminati together. Heads of state that aren't corrupted. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, because it's so easy to corrupt uh, individuals in the West at least. And they, you know, they have a lot of, all the means at their disposal, but um, yeah, I think there's degrees of individuals that aren't as fully corrupted uh, and on board. You know, Klaus talked about penetrating the world's cabinets. We're penetrating the cabinets of the world. Um, So not all the uh, cabinets have been penetrated. (laughs) I always crack up when I hear that. Um, this is a strange phraseology to use, penetrating cabinet. Um, but th- so I think, yeah, there's the, the Orbans, the you know, the Bolsonaros, these kinds of figures who who are obviously not as on board with all of this as everyone else, the Putins. Um, you know, the countries that are not NATO aligned are to a degree in opposition to the, uh, you know, Anglosphere NWO. So, yeah, I think that those are examples Um, But, you know, statecraft is always going to involve some degree of corruption. And uh, it's very, I think it's very, very difficult. Maybe it even impossible to be a a classic idea of a statesman, like a Ron Paul kind of character who's not corrupted by things in in the modern world. But, uh, you know, maybe there's possibilities for the future for these kinds of uh, true statesmen, perhaps.
3: Thanks, Jay. I just want to remind the viewers then we've got almost a thousand in the chat Please support the guests. All their links are in the description box below the video. Please go down and subscribe to their channels wherever they're not banned. It's very important and it incentivizes our guests to come back. So what we're going to do now is we've only got about 15 minutes left. What I'm going to do is we're going to do five minutes each. If we could just do a summary of your thoughts of the evening. And, you know, these guys, we had a second guest cancel today. These guys have stayed on over time. So really please do support their work. So at the end of each five minutes, we'll 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 say goodbye to each guest so they can get on with their day because they have put so much time in with us today. We do really appreciate that, guys. And we'll start with Ryan then if you want to give us, you know, a, a summary of your thoughts of the day and, and just let everyone know again where they can
0: support you. Yeah, <clears throat> I appreciate the opportunity and letting me go first because it is 440 in the morning here. I'm in Japan. So it was Mark... Uh... Meszvinski, it was Chelsea Clinton's husband that was behind the Nigerian email thing. So that is another thing with the Clintons. <laughs> Just say it for to How play off Jay's you. joke. How, <laughs> dare How dare you? <laughs> uh, and that's another guy that's on that map, by the way. I mean, they, they keep circling back to this cabal. It's almost you know surprise, the surprise, surprise. Yeah. So I poor people too like go to Sean's Rumble and watch those videos if you didn't see them because if you re-watch the stuff I was saying and predicting, I'm hitting home runs the whole time. I knew where she was hiding. I said all that I got it right. I, I know that issue inside and out. I've been researching that since 2007, okay. those are the kind of them when those networks fall apart, they fall apart. So WEF is definitely something to worry about but don't be black pilled and I'm not sugarcoating. I'm just telling you what I really think it is. They are on the decline. Their PR is in the gutter. They're going down. They don't have a complete monopoly over media or social media anymore, which causes pressure on other networks to shift that direction. Uh, So you're having more voices be that. I thought we were going to talk a little North Korea today. We didn't. So come over to my website. We'll get into that. They're starving to death. It's horrible. I know it's a despotic regime and all that, but the people are people and, I think we need to get back to the six member talks and talk about cooperative economic zones and getting aid and food to these people. Because as uh, Z was saying, when people get back in the corner, that's when they fight hardest. Kim just put out a postage stamp with his daughter with an ICBM behind it. I mean, that's what they're thinking. And if they if we don't resolve and address them and we keep ignoring them, it's not going to be Russia. It's not going to be China. It's not going to be the US. It's going to be North Korea that pushes the button. And to to darken everything with that on top of the AI and everything, nuclear war is still a possibility for annihilation. So put that on your bingo chart there. But (laughs) I see we can steer this around. You know, they did that to Bolsonaro. But look, Brazil's still in bricks and they don't have the political will because the entire population is against them that they cannot then act uh as a nato ally or do anything because they're handicapped when you steal something and you don't have public support you really can't get anything done you just prevent them and that was you know the left has the entire western hemisphere when they took brazil every single government in the america's north south and central has a leftist government now right but that's it's kind of has to be things get worse before they get better what does the left do they destroy economies they make everything fall apart it will swing back the other direction. It will. Asia's still sitting pretty. Like, don't be so eurocentric and think like, well, things are bad in Germany and in the UK. Then the whole world's falling apart. It's not. It's not. Uh, y'all are falling apart. Uh, other places are still ascending, and we're gonna we're gonna help you out when the time comes. Like, we just have to get rid of bad leadership. We we have plenty of infrastructure in place. There's gonna be a rough winter. You're gonna have a rough time with gasoline and stuff, but. It is not an inevitable doom, and I don't believe in doomsdays. Uh, I do believe in the human spirit and from in a way, and I feel like as long as we continue to tell the truth, use humor to break the mass hysteria, and take this momentum of all the skepticism created by them overplaying their hand on the Zoink-19 thing, that we're going to get a W on this.
3: Thanks, Ryan. And Ash has asked if uh, you do want to blast oh. the, those names. A&C the...
0: Report. <laughs> oh, do I want A&C to blast Report. those names? Yeah, uh, a Report. Yeah. <laughs> the names. He said we could do it on Rumble if you want to come back anytime soon. So oh, to, um, yeah, to, we can. Do you know, names. we're due for yeah. that topic on Rumble because I have so okay. much new stuff. And it's amazing. As soon as I was quiet, nobody figured out the new information. I feel like they were drifting off my work.
3: Oh, thanks, brother. You have a great rest of your day. Go and get some rest. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Ryan. All right, Maria, over to you. Just a summary of your thoughts of the evening and where everyone can find you and support you, please.
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, so my website is Zmedia.com, Z-E-E-E-Media.com. It's above my head right now, three E's. Uh, and my telegram as well, Zmedia. You can also find me on Instagram, Maria dot Z, Maria. Z with three E's. Um, I, I guess the, the the biggest traction that we've seen to date is when we make the most noise. And I'll tell you again, now imagine if someone just sat here and said, oh, don't worry, it'll be all right. You know, humanity will prevail. No, I'm going to tell you it's going to be absolutely catastrophic if you don't act and then you're going to act and then we're going to put a stop to it. So my approach is a little bit different and maybe a little bit hard for some, but I believe that telling you the truth is loving you um, and telling you how possible, th- how bad things possibly could get without the action is loving humanity. And so that's always my approach. If you're not um, afraid of the truth, if you're not afraid of action, uh, you know, and and you want to get involved in some of these causes worldwide. That that uh, you know, people like James Rogaski, for example, he's got American action, Canadian action. I encourage everyone to check out his Substack. If you actually want to change the world, you have to get active. It's not just about get absorbing the information. You know, it's all well and good to say we have to hold them accountable. Okay, how are we going to do that? How are we going to hold them accountable? Oh, you know, you we, we we've got to. We've got it. whatever solution is proposed, you actually need action behind it. Um, and so I'm I'm so proud that we've collaborated with the most amazing people around the world to actually make a difference. And the way to do that is, again, you're at war. This is the worst possible case scenario. Let's mobilise. Let's stop these bastards. And we will. But we have to face the reality. Um, and because we've had victory in the past, I'm so confident of this, Sean. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful for your time and for all of the viewers today. I hope I've shaken things up a little bit.
3: Definitely, Maria. We appreciate your knowledge and your passion and we salute you. And I imagine it's quite early. What time is it where you are in the world?
1: Uh, oh, it's not too early now. It's 7 a.m. almost. Okay.
3: Well, appreciate you spending so much time with us and getting up so early. Thank you, Maria, Thank and you, you take care. Cheers. All the
1: best. God bless.
3: All the best. Bye-bye. God bless. All right, Jay, finally.
2: Yeah, so yesterday was Valentine's Day. If you go to my Twitter, everybody can just give a good uh, uh, little shout-out to my mom. And, <laughs> my mom and dad met in 1973, so you guys would share that because so I was impersonating my dad a minute ago. but. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is a great discussion. Uh, you know, these these WF uh, panels that we've been doing the last few weeks have been really instructive. And one of the things I focus on is trying to go deep into the text themselves. And so I do a lot of geopolitical lectures and analysis, breaking down the text. We've done, I think, about 60 of these from the elite themselves. So if you want to get more like a graduate level education in the writings of a Kissinger, Brzezinski, the Jacques Attalys, the Klaus Schwab's, we go through those text by text over at my channel, uh, uh, Jay Dyer on YouTube. You can find me on all the other outlets as well under just my name. And also on Rockfin, a big promoter of uh, the website Rockfin, which is a great free speech-based platform. Um, I think that we're at a critical juncture where now the World Economic Forum and these, these, these ghouls are going to have to do something big to up the game. Uh, I think the last few weeks have been a lot of distractions, a lot of ridiculous psyops with balloons. It's not aliens, in my view. Uh, these are really just distractions from you know what what's the real news, and everybody could probably figure that out. And uh, if you uh, want to go deep, as, as some people are asking about, <laughs> no, I don't have a show called that. If you, but if you do want to go deep into my information, you can do that on my channel. But yeah, so I mean, I've covered uh, Klaus's Fourth Industrial uh, Revolution book, which is, I think one of the most important of the of the writings of the elite. That one actually outlines the whole plan. And the last third of that book goes into what they want to do with the AI, the transhumanism, the metaverse, the tech, the nanotech, the rewriting, the DNA. All of that is, is especially important in Klaus's writings. And, and recently I'm focusing on the strategies and the histories of the intelligence networks, how they have tied with organized crime. I know, Sean, that's a background that you would know about with uh, how organized crime you know, it's kind of ties in a lot of ways with the government sort of winking at or even having a, an alliance at times with these kinds of networks too promote a certain uh, strategy or a certain uh, might be a way to make money, might be a way to have uh, money laundering going on. Uh, And I'm right now focusing on that in terms of how that worked with the Vatican bank and the Gladio operation. If you've heard of that. Uh, And I think that's important because a lot of the psyops that they use nowadays, you can trace that back to world war II and cold war era psychological operations and how there's a lot of, uh, during World War II, for example, the CIA, Naval, Naval Intelligence, they had a lot of alliances with organized crime. And that was actually a big part of, of Gladio and, and how the Vatican Bank functioned as a, a backdoor a money laundering operation for black ops. So if you're interested in that, I'm lecturing through those topics, a lot of the scholarly and academic literature on that in the last few weeks. You can find that at my channel as well. But again, we don't have to be uh, blackpilled. I have a lot of uh, positivity. Um in terms of where things are going, because a lot of people are waking up.
3: Well, hugely appreciate that, brother. Thank you for spending so much time with us today. And again, all of Jay's links are in the description box below this video. I think we, we need to do a Vatican special. Oh, I could go deep um,
2: on that. I go all day on that.
3: <laughs> Ash, take note. Jay has just committed to a Vatican special. <laughs> all right, I'm going to let you go, my friend. Right. You take thanks, John. Cheers. All right, Bye. bye-bye. What a hell of a show. Huge thank you to Ash. for getting such brilliant guests lined up as usual. It was almost two hours with our, some of our hardest hitters. And then bringing Maria in there as well. She's so passionate. So full of knowledge. Got a perspective from a completely different country. And you, all of the viewers, keeping it going with your questions. Really appreciate that. So many positive comments about the evening, and we are going to be restarting on Patreon, the stuff on Patreon we can't mention over here. We're going to be starting there in approximately 15 minutes. The link for the Patreon is in the description box if you do want to join us. We have got a wonderful community over there. So thank you for tuning in for Atwood Unleashed 91. We'll be back next week. We've got a podcast going out tomorrow night at 7 p.m., and then we have got stuff going out Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night in the coming week at uh, 6 on Sunday and 7 p.m. All right, take care out there. Cheers. Thanks for watching. Thank you, everyone.